Hello, this is David Shirley from Irish Funds. At the recent Irish Funds online annual conference, we featured a number of keynote addresses from high-profile international industry figures. This podcast episode features Ron O'Hanley, Chairman and Chief Executive Officer of State Street Corporation, who have a significant presence in Ireland in both Dublin and Kilkenny. Indeed, this year, State Street are celebrating their 25th anniversary in Ireland, and we were delighted to welcome Ron to address the conference and to speak to the resilience and strength of the industry and the drive towards sustainability to counteract the challenge of global climate change. I hope you enjoy this episode and check back soon for more great content. Hello, everyone. My name is Ron O'Hanley, and I am chairman and CEO of State Street. Let me first thank Irish Funds for their kind invitation to speak to you today. I look forward to when we can be together in person again. Both State Street and I have a long and proud connection to Ireland. This year marks State Street's 25th year of operation in Ireland. Today, State Street employs about 2,000 people at four locations, including three outside of Dublin, in Kilkenny, Drogheda, and Nice. We established our first regional office in Kilkenny 20 years ago. Our asset management business manages more than 159 billion euros on behalf of a wide range of international investors. We are currently consolidating all of our EU asset management operations under our Irish entity. State Street is also the number one custodian in Ireland and the largest administrator of Irish domiciled funds with just over 1.3 trillion euros in assets serviced or over 37% of the Irish domiciled funds market. Additionally, We have a strong business here servicing hedge funds and private equity funds globally. These longstanding operations are complemented in Ireland by teams that support our most recent innovation, State Street Alpha, which is the industry's first enterprise outsourcing platform for all of the investment servicing and data fusion operations that investors need. My connection to Ireland includes a family element and a giving back element, both My mother's and my father's families originated in Ireland from counties Cork and Roscommon. And I have served for several years on the board of the Ireland Funds, the leading charity in Ireland doing great work in a time of unrelenting need. The theme of the Irish Funds Conference this year is accelerating transformation, disruption and opportunity. So today I will talk about the lessons we have learned from the pandemic's disruption to the investment industry. In particular, I will focus on the importance of resilience in many forms, the resilience of investment operations, the resilience of portfolios, and the overall resilience of the financial system. And then I will speak about the opportunities ahead and the role that investors need to play to rebuild a resilient and sustainable economy coming out of the pandemic. If we think back to over a year ago, the pandemic disrupted investment operations across the industry and underscored the importance of having resilient technology, operations, and business continuity plans. Operating models were challenged and pressure tested in unprecedented ways. The pandemic led to a new appreciation for the ability of an operating model to hold up during a crisis. Asset managers not only faced transitioning employees to work from home in a matter of days, but also had to manage record-setting transactions and liquidity requests for their clients amidst historic market volatility. 
State Street Global Advisors, our asset management business, processed trading volumes that were 50% higher than normal at the onset of the pandemic. As execution capabilities were put to the test, the market volatility and equity markets self-reinforced the need for resilient portfolios with sufficient buffers for downside protection. The pandemic led investors to rethink conventional approaches to investment objectives around income, growth, and protection. For example, with interest rates at historic lows and government debt at historic highs, fixed income investors are challenged to find the yield and portfolio ballast they have come to rely on from government bonds. Investors are rethinking asset allocation decisions and questioning if the traditional 60-40 portfolio of stocks and bonds makes sense anymore. Interest in gold has increased significantly, not only as a tactical hedge against inflation risk, but as a defensive mainstay in strategic asset allocation. Investors are also rethinking what it means to be truly diversified and prepared for a wider range of market scenarios. With this greater focus on portfolio resilience, investors are stress testing their portfolios, analytic models, and scenario analyses far more intensely than in pre-COVID times. Instead of focusing just on the capital efficiencies of portfolios, investors are now focusing on capital resiliencies. As a consequence, the need for robust data and analytics to help investors make better decisions is greater than ever before. I believe the future of our industry will increasingly be driven by the power of the data and analytic solutions we create for global investors. Just as the pandemic pressure tested the resilience of portfolios, it also pressure tested the resilience of global financial markets. Despite historic volatility and transaction volumes, the markets held up remarkably well and proved to be resilient. Policymakers learned the need for speed from the global financial crisis and were quick to provide additional liquidity and access to credit. During the most volatile weeks in March and April, my senior team at State Street and I were on the phone every day with central banks and treasury officials around the world on how to keep markets liquid and fully functioning. We also helped launch, administer, and support many of the market liquidity and credit financing programs that rapidly stabilized the markets. One of the most important lessons of the 2020 pandemic was that the changes made following the global financial crisis to make the banking system more resilient actually worked. In 2008, banks were a big part of the problem. In, in 2020, banks were a crucial part of the solution. Banks learned the lessons from the global financial crisis and the previous weaknesses in bank resilience have been addressed by global regulators. Lessons from 2008 paid off last year, and today I think we should look to new lessons from 2020. This includes whether the current bank rules overly restrict banks' ability to support economies and people during times of stress. We need safe banks, but we also need to be sure banks can freely deploy capital and liquidity. So I believe another post-COVID lesson is revisiting whether we have struck the right balance between resilience and effectiveness when it comes to the banking sector and its ability to deploy capital and liquidity during a crisis. The pandemic not only revealed the importance of resilience within investment operations, portfolios in the financial sector, it also underscored how devastating nonlinear risks like deadly pathogens and by extension, climate risk can be 
to the overall health of our economies and our societies. While 2020 will be remembered as the year of COVID, it will also be remembered as one of the warmest years in the warmest decade on record. Last year's fires, melting glaciers, typhoons, and hurricanes have demonstrated that climate change is happening faster than climate scientist models had anticipated. While no single extreme weather event can be attributed to climate change, the frequency and ferocity of weather events suggests there has been a structural shift in the climate. The best available science warns us that we need to move the entire economy to a net zero emissions trajectory by 2030 in order to keep the global warming well under the two degree centigrade threshold. Exceeding two degrees could lead to catastrophic consequences. As a result, this year's COP26 climate talks in Glasgow in November are widely regarded as our last best chance to take the necessary steps to avoid a climate disaster. Emissions in 2021 are expected to reach the highest annual increase since 2010, as more fossil fuels are used in many economies in recovery from the pandemic-induced recession. Government commitments, while necessary, are only a part of the equation. As U.S. Special Climate Envoy John Kerry said, there is no way any government will find or has the trillions of dollars necessary to achieve the transition to net zero. Every sector of the economy will need to be involved and investors have a critical role to play, not only in stewarding existing investments, but also in deploying the fresh investment capital required over the next decade to meet emissions reduction targets. Public-private partnerships and blended finance structures need to be created to effectively scale these investments. Fresh capital is needed for climate mitigation and adaptation projects, as well as new technologies to reduce emissions in greenhouse gas intensive sectors like cement, aviation, shipping, and agriculture. Policymakers can help facilitate these partnerships by providing the kinds of credit enhancements that will allow large pension funds or other institutional investors to participate. These enhancements cover areas like first loss guarantees and insurance against country and currency risk, which are particularly important for projects in developing countries that desperately need greater capital investments. We at State Street are committed to helping accelerate the transition. On the eve of Earth Day this year, our asset management business joined the Net Zero Asset Managers Initiative committing to work with our asset owner clients to decarbonize our asset base by 2050 or sooner. State Street is also leading a task force of the world's largest asset owners and asset managers as part of the Sustainable Markets Initiative. Our aim is to identify ways institutional investors can work together to scale the reallocation of capital towards sustainable solutions. The Sustainable Markets Initiative was launched last year at the World Economic Forum by Prince Charles to mobilize business and finance leaders to take faster action. As part of our task force efforts, we are examining how institutional investors can strengthen the impact of their engagement with management and boards of the companies they already own to move institutional holdings to net zero. Engagement is particularly important for investment managers with large index-based businesses like BlackRock, Vanguard, and State Street, 
because divestment is not an option for as long as companies are included in the index. In order to most effectively engage with companies on their transition plans, investors would benefit from greater transparency and consistency around climate risk disclosure. While the investor-led framework created by the Task Force for Climate-Related Financial Disclosures, or TCFD, is a strong start, more work is required to improve the data, analytics, and risk management tools around climate. The investment industry should play a role in driving these improvements. Better tools, improved disclosures, and greater transparency around the impact of climate change on a company will make it easier for investors to reallocate capital from climate laggards to climate leaders at scale. In closing, I return to the conference's theme of disruption and opportunity. While the pandemic was the disruptor of 2020, I believe climate change will be the biggest disruptor of our generation. As Mark Carney has remarked, climate change is one of the biggest structural shifts in the economy, imposes systemic risk to financial stability and the long-term value of investments. Yet mitigating climate change and the journey to a net zero world also presents opportunities. Investors are recognizing the huge opportunities that a global restructuring of economies, energy systems, and business models brings. And while none of us has all the answers, we cannot underestimate the importance of the investment industry's role in this transition. We are essentially problem solvers, and putting the world onto a more sustainable path is perhaps the most consequential problem we can help solve. So, as I reflect on the lessons from this last difficult year, I think both the promise of strength and resilience across our industry and our world, as well as the perils of ignoring areas that need to be addressed are the two most important. Our industry stands at a crossroad and the choice is clear for each of us. We can embrace the new challenges and work with our clients, our shareholders, and our policymakers to solve the problems highlighted by the pandemic to create a more resilient, sustainable, and inclusive future, or we can be left behind. I am confident that our industry will make the right choice. Thank you.